0: Well, good morning! Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning. I got to tell you, uh, you know, after a little break, we had a few weeks of break. uh, uh, We're into 2022. It's amazing, right? So I think we're at 148 or 149 episodes. So we're going to look for uh, our special 150th guest, which will be uh, amazing as well. So I just want to thank you. I hope uh, that everyone um, is staying healthy. Um, Everyone has a happy, healthy, and very prosperous new year and get whatever you want in 2022. But I have a really special guest because I think 2022 uh, should be about relationships and building relationships, but not just building relationships with just any ordinary people, Uh, building relationships within your community, building relationships and, and propping up and supporting your community is so important. And that's what realtors do and uh you know we have a very very special guest to discuss what he does um and uh, we'll go from there and now by way of frankfurt illinois he is a realtor at remax 10. he's a certified probate specialist in the chicago area he manages the south suburban public action to deliver shelter he is the 2019 nar good a good neighbor award winner he's a husband a father and has an amazing passion to tackle poverty with compassion. Stand up and make some noise for Dale the Taylor May Taylor.
1: You are so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good morning.
1: Good so, morning.
0: Uh, how is it in uh, – so, Frankfurt, Illinois, is that, uh, is that close to Chicago?
1: It's 35 miles southwest of downtown Chicago.
0: Okay. So, um, tell us a little bit about I – mean, you know, you, you won the Good Neighbor Award, you know, and, and, and you know, you, when you do these community, uh, community involvement, you know, you're not looking for appreciation or recognition, right? Because you have a passion for it. But it is nice to get the word out because then what happens is it's a domino effect. Then everyone starts, you know, you know, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing this? So tell us a little bit about your, you know, how you got into the community involvement.
1: I want to start with the fact that We work in an industry that requires us to sow seeds, and it may be in the form of sowing marketing or promotions or advertising. All of those are seeds that produce um, prospects and clients and so forth. So if we maintain that mentality, uh, sowing seeds can be in the form of community and uh, it and, and when you're a realtor and you're, and you're constantly sowing good seeds to better your community or to help in some kind of way, it, it has a domino effect and it will come back and it will prosper your business. Not that you're uh, intentionally sowing those seeds to prosper your business when it comes to public service, but that is the uh, residual benefit that happens with that. So in my case, I had uh, an attorney who was my best friend and my uh, former high school counselor. They both called me within five minutes of one another. And it was back during the time that we were bringing the Katrina hurricane survivors here to Chicago. And they called me and they said, the the, uh, state of Illinois has given us the mental health facility in Tenley Park, Illinois, to um, house the Katrina survivors and we need volunteers to go over and help clean it and get it ready. And I said, sure, no problem. And it just touched me that two people that I highly respected thought of me. And so we spent the the, the weekend cleaning it up and uh, getting it ready. And then it was really something to see all of the community from the doctors, the nurses, to the uh, social workers, to so many levels of community were there to welcome those guests. And uh, these were people that were literally plucked off of their roofs. Some of them came with not even shoes on their feet. And to see the, the, the local small businesses and, and, uh, and so many sectors of the community to, to come together to welcome them. And I mean, we had that place ready And then those two said to me, you know, why don't you think about volunteering? And how they went about uh, drawing in volunteers was, was a real unique way because they said, all we want is for you to devote one session a month. And a session is about three to four hours. If you could just put that on your calendar every single month, you know that that's your time to come and volunteer. And I did that. And that turned into uh, one of them saying, can I have your resume? And I'm like, what are you up to? (laughs) And I I presented my resume and she said, well, we would very much like for you to serve on our board of directors. So that was back in 2005. So serving on the, uh, serving as just helped to clean up and then serving as uh, giving just a few hours a month turned into me serving on the board. And then shortly after serving on the board, uh, one of the staff came to me and she said, "Um, I have a site that I'm managing and I really need a site manager. And would you co-manage with me? Well, she was secretly putting me in training. And then after about six months, she said, "You know what? You got this. You 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 don't need my help." And so then, uh, I started managing as a as a site shelter manager, and that required me to devote one overnight a week, and it worked just great with real estate because wherever my phone is 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 my office, and and I usually don't get that many calls or texts or emails overnight. So it made it very easy for me to to do that. And that went on all the way up until the pandemic. And when the pandemic occurred, everything changed because our shelters were housed in the gymnasium of churches. And so when the churches uh, began to follow the the, uh, pandemic precautions, that meant we needed to transfer our guests to a motel setting. And that turned into rather me serving on a weekly basis. It became a daily basis because we needed to keep all of those food teams engaged. And uh, in the process of doing that, I started devoting my time every day around dinner time. Usually I I get to the shelter uh, somewhere between 5.30 and, and, and 5.45, and I'm usually there until about maybe 7.30 or 7.45. And we had to train our food teams to uh, bring us the meal so that we could package it. So that when the guests came down to uh, have dinner, we could just hand it off to them. Everybody wearing their masks, we kept everybody safe. And that has been going on since March of 2020. So that's been the story so, of my
0: life. <laughs> so, I mean, when, I mean, You know, the amazing thing is, you know, going to the shelter and dedicating, you know, so much time. And, you know, obviously you get rewarded through, you know, seeing, you know, what you're doing in the community. But is it was it much harder? Was it much more difficult, you know, to get helpers and volunteers, you know, during the pandemic? As you know, when you look at it, you know, things our world kind of turned upside down, you know, March 2020. And, you know, we're trying to do all kinds of different things, you know, to incorporate. But the people that get left behind the most are usually the ones that need the help the most. And so how did you kind of navigate that? And was it harder to get volunteers uh, to come into the shelter?
1: It was very challenging. Uh, Some of these other site managers were high risk people. And so they had to drop out but we, we we put together a core. And when we had the shelters open, there was always two shelters opened every night. Uh, there was a shelter for men only, and then there was a shelter for females and children. And if you can imagine, every food team had a designated night and we had to keep them engaged. So uh, it was a, a very small core team, that worked with, with some core staff. And uh, we averaged probably, I would say between 40 and 45 guests in a motel setting. And uh, we really uh, exercised every precaution we could and, and we embraced change because when you're navigating a new territory, I, I say to everybody: the key word is stay flexible. And so every day is a new learning experience. Every day we we adapt and we we improve, and and uh, we've been managing pretty well. And here's the funny part: uh, South Suburban Pads uh, provides a staff of of social workers, so they're constantly working with the guests to help transition from emergency shelter to permanent shelter. And it, it seems it's just as fast as we get someone back on Stability Street, there's a new guest coming in and it's, it's a constant stream of, of uh, new arrivals. And uh, that keeps us fresh and, and really focusing on uh, f- providing for their needs.
0: So, I mean, you know, homelessness is, is a real big problem, you know, not just local, you know, localized to the Chicago area, but um, nationwide. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, th- there are a lot of shelters, there are a lot of people volunteering. Um, what, how do you get the word out? How do the homeless, you know, people who are homeless... How do, they, how do you engage them so that they want to come to the shelter? They want to come in, you know, um, you know and, and even maybe even if they know, you know, because, you know, a lot of these movements are from the ground up and they're with volunteers like yourself. And um, it's important, obviously, that they know about them.
1: Let me give you a real estate perspective. Sure. So I recently sold a home in Richmond Park to a couple that's relocating to Arizona. And they chose Arizona because their son lives in Dallas, Texas and their daughter lives in Los Angeles, California. They wanted to find a location uh, that was halfway in between both of them. Uh, They are in negotiations with a builder on a spec property. But basically when they sold that home, they left and they went to visit their son in Dallas. And from there, they, they have started their, their process of, of securing a home. So in a sense, that's a form of homelessness. And homelessness comes in all kinds of, of perspectives. And one of the things that I do is I, I, I use social media constantly to give appreciation. To the volunteers that do come and service the, the food teams, um, I, I do videos and and and, and so forth. Uh, so it's it's a constant for me, uh, a constant promotion of uh, the services that we we provide. And um, Pads has been in existence for a little over thirty years now, so they have a template of of outreach. Um, so they know where the people may be found. And incidentally, we we also um, have our own permanent housing. Well, I, I would say semi-permanent housing because we, we do have a 77 unit building in the village of Country Club Hills. We have um, a six flat and a four flat. And uh, we're always open to acquiring other properties. The other thing that we do is we maintain a good relationship with with a network of landlords. And what we can provide them with is well-trained tenants. So when the social workers get involved with their lives, uh, not only do they get them back to stability, but they provide them with workshops so that they can be good tenants, so that they can manage their money well, uh, maintain their employment. So it's a very
0: well-rounded, Uh, Program. I mean, that's amazing, and you know, you know, there are a lot of a lot of people look at you know realtors as um, community advocates, and you know, and you know, there's so many people that do so many good things um, in the the community and such. You know, how do you think that you know, let's say a realtor, and you know, where I am in Boca Raton, Florida, and in South Florida, you know, how would they get involved in? potentially, you know, um, helping the homeless um, in our area as well. I know there are a lot of shelters. I know there are a lot of organizations, you know, but what would you say the first step should be?
1: I'm going to answer that question, but you just reminded me of something. I want to tell you a, a, a story about your community. Early in my career, there was a gentleman, his name was Herb Weiss. And as I began to become more productive, I was in an office where you started way in the back in the bullpen area. And then as your sales increased, you, you, you moved up to a semi-private office. So I shared an office with Herb Wise. Herb had a home in Flossmoor, Illinois, and he also had a condo in, in Boca Raton. And uh, right around New Year's Day, this is why this, our timing is so special to me. Right around New Year's Day, he would leave to go and, and spend time in his condo. And he wouldn't come back until the weather was at least 50 degrees here in Chicago. But what inspired me was one day he came in from a, from a closing and he had two checks. And one check was from a house he had listed and sold. And the other check was the house that he had sold his sellers a home. And when I saw that, I, I immediately got it. I said, I gotta be about listing houses. Because that will enable me to sell more houses. So he kept me inspired, and uh, I always wanted to visit him in 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 his Sun Belt community. But to to, to uh, answer your uh, your question, I think um, the funny thing about life, and and I get invited quite often to go to um, high school career. Uh, uh talks, and I don't talk with the, the the teenagers so much about what I do. I get them to think in terms of what makes you angry, what makes you happy, to be very sensitive to those things because a lot of times out of anger, a lot of good things can happen. you know when, when people get tired of the status quo, they start thinking about, how can I improve this? How can I make this better? And and it's the same thing with volunteering. If you find something that's happening in your community that just gets on your nerves, that's life speaking to you and it's telling you, maybe this is an area where you ought to throw your passion, where you can be a solution to whatever problem that may exist. Or it could be something more intimate, like maybe someone you know that is going through a struggle and uh, you start to research how you can help that individual and you find a charity. And again, what people, I think what they need to understand is that volunteering does not have to compete with your business success. It can be in the form of you just devoting an extra few hours once a month. Everybody can find that kind of time. And then, uh, because and this is how I recruit volunteers. You know, I'll, I'll literally say to them, I don't wanna burn you out. So if you can give me just a few hours once a month, put it on your calendar and know that that is your time to spend with me doing some good. And then if you want to increase that time, you're more than welcome to do it. Uh, and, and that's how I'm able to pull people in and get them to, uh, to, to make that commitment. And then they choose to give more time if, 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 if they desire.
0: You know, uh, so I, I, am sure you if you, if you're any kind of sports fan or, or, or you've been watching ESPN and, and saw the, um, you know the clips of uh, Antonio Brown, you know, taking off his uh, shoulder pads and waving in a crowd in the middle of the game, and you know, and your first inclination is like, "Oh my God!" You know, how how could he let his team down? How could he, you know, be a bad sportsman and all these different things? And then the leader of the team, who uh, I've said many times that. I don't like him. I'm a Dolphins fan. I I, I despise him. My disdain for him uh, in my uh, fan area is is, uh, is is as strong as ever. However, boy, did he lead with compassion because he didn't come out and say, you're your bad teammate. He came out and said, you know what? I love him. We need to help him. He's struggling. We need to help him. And he knows him better than anyone else. And I really think that um in 2022 – I think there's a lot of lessons there that we can lead with compassion it doesn't have to be lead with a you know a a strong arm um it has to be leading with building relationships and 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 having the compassion and passion like you do for service and volunteerism um it's so important in this day and age because we can help each other it you know it doesn't matter you know who it is um I think we're all here together. We're all on this earth uh, together to help each other, and and hopefully uh, we all take these leadership lessons uh, to heart. <laughs> and uh, you know, even uh, Michael Nathanson, who uh, <laughs> who's a who's an agent of mine. Um, you know, he likes the Pats and such, and but uh, um, very very uh, admirable the way Tom Brady handled that situation because everyone's watching him. Um. So I always end the uh, the segment on uh, two questions, and I don't know if you watch Netflix or streaming series or anything like that, but what's your uh, favorite streaming series of all time? If you don't watch streaming, then uh, maybe book uh, recommendations. And what are you currently uh, watching?
1: I, it's funny. I, I love that decades channel. I think I watched that probably the most and, uh, uh, when I was, uh, in college, I also worked. And so I missed a lot of those shows because I was working in, in the evening. So a lot of those old series are, are new to me. And, uh, so I, I find myself, uh, doing, doing that. Uh, and I think the other channel I I watch a lot is, uh, uh, the uh, open house uh, in in was it NYC? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been tuned into life speaking to me about my destiny. And when I was 16 years old, and uh, my my dad surprised me with my first car. It was a Ford Futura. And I want you to picture you in your mind and the ugliest army green. <laughs> uh, just it, it was not a f- a fun car and it definitely didn't do anything to to attract dates i'll put it that way but it was a really strong really good car and i would get in the car and i would drive through neighborhoods and i would m- admire neighborhoods and uh, or admire houses and sometimes i'd want to just go and knock on the door and say i love your house so much could i just tour it and that was my life speaking to me telling me that real estate was my destiny and so anything any show that has has to do with houses, uh, touring houses, things like that that's my that's my my passion and one of the things I do when when I'm listing a home like I, su- I subscribe to architectural digests because I love how they write up, um, their descriptions of, of homes. They, you know, we know that a photo says a thousand words, but words uh, create imagination, and so that magazine helps me to create really cool words descriptions on my listings. And so when I list a house and I do a, a live tour of it, um, I get inspired from those different shows that I watch on HGTV and and the uh, do-it-yourself network, all of those things help enhance me. And it causes my listings to get a lot of tours and and multiple offers. So I look at television as I'm drawn to anything that's gonna inspire me. And by the way, you mentioned sports. My son-in-law, Adam Geddes, uh, had a a 10 year NFL career. And he was drafted by the Washington Redskins. And then from there, he moved on to the New York Giants. He had a stint with the Steelers and uh, some other teams in, in that decade. And I had an opportunity to experience being a family member of an NFL player. And let me tell you, going to those games as a family member, it is the coolest experience. And they, they um you know, provide you with special seating, and then after the game, there's a there's a hospitality suite and then you get a chance to experience when the, the players are, are leaving out of the stadium and they're interacting with the fans. And and uh, so my my daughter was an NFL spouse and uh, I could tell you stories about her interacting with the other spouses, how they had their own little network and and, and support group and all of that. So it was a really cool perspective.
0: <laughs> that, that's very cool well you know, i gotta i got to tell you um you know you're very very impressive and, and and you know since i read the article back you know uh from realtor magazine you know um you know i always wanted to uh to meet you and and certainly even though it's virtual um one of these days we'll get to meet in person but uh a very very you know thank you for your service and thank you for all the community um advocacy that you do and uh thank you for representing the realtor brand um as well as you do so Uh, I appreciate you coming on Breakfast with the Broker, sharing some insights. Uh, Thank you. So Breakfast with the Broker next Tuesday at 9 a.m. We'll see you. Happy New Year. Have a happy and healthy. Uh, Stay safe and and be well. Happy New Year. I am so honored. Thank you. Take care.